What? 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 What, Jory? Hi. What if I'm a little sweetie pie? You should tell me your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Art of the Short, Jory and Bethers fight about meat. Compare knowledge of pirates and gangplanks. And Bethers crowns someone, wink wink, as morally superior. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and a masterful amount of spoilers. If you'd like to read the story before entering, a free link is provided in the show notes. Or if you give no f**ks whatsoever, just keep listening. Art of the Short is an interactive literary art installation. We overextend our opinions on short stories and make art of our interpretations. Like Jory will use dance to express her perspective on gender inequality in a breathtaking interpretive rendition of the robot stuff like that. Join in the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Art of the Short to see what others think of the short story through their art. Sure, welcome to Art of the Short. <laughs> this is uh, Artcast hosted by yours truly. Hi, 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 hi. That was so formal. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to our art cast. We are hosts <laughs> of this art cast. Yeah, I thought I would do something a little new. Did you like it? Um, <laughs> hello and welcome to Art of the Short. I'm your host, <laughs> Bethany Peterson. I don't like it. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> you know what? More importantly, though, how did you feel about your art last week? My art? Okay, I feel really good about it. I think it's very cool. It's really unexpected. I'm excited. What did you do? How do you feel? Well, I have to say that I happen to love my art. Oh, I kind of love mine too. Well, I love my art more than you can imagine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it Daisy? I will say that it is Daisy. You guys, she's going to present her dog as her art. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, my art might spark some controversy with our listeners, and not the object of my art that's not going to spark the controversy, but the thinking behind it might. <laughs> so I'm a little. This is a little uh, a deep dive from Jory. She's going to share some hard truths. I wouldn't call it a deep dive. A shallow dive from Jory as she shares some hard truths. <laughs> I might make a ripple. Okay. I like to rock a boat. I like to rock a boat. <laughs> anyway, so I'm looking forward to you seeing my art, but I'm also not looking forward to, Having to share. talking about it because I have a feeling I'm going to tweak some noses. Oh, tweak some noses. <laughs> <laughs> this week's short story is by American science fiction writer Philip Kindred Dick. Although Dick was not too interested in the futuristic aspects of sci-fi, he loved the genre for its limitless possibilities, where his imagination could be set free. Dick's work explored social and philosophical questions like nature of reality, identity, perception, and human nature, with characters often fighting against elements like alternate realities, authoritarian governments, drug abuse, or altered states of consciousness. 
His novels, The Man in the High Castle, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and Ubik, put Dick on the literary map. However, after years of battling mental illness and drug abuse, Dick died penniless and with little reputation outside the sci-fi community. But his legacy doesn't end there. Welcome to the 21st century with multiple film adaptations of his works like Blade Runner, Total Recall, Minority Report. His influence has far surpassed any literary shortcomings. And today, Dick is widely regarded as a visionary master of imaginative paranoid fiction. This episode contains discussions of mental illness that may be uncomfortable for some listeners. This week we read Beyond Lies the Wub by Philip K. Dick. PKD. I have an echo. (laughs) Echo. Echo. Yeah, it starts on a planet, and there's an officer boarding a spaceship. Officer Peterson? (laughs) It's Officer Peterson, and he's walking an animal, like, on a leash. Yes. Down the dock, down the the gangplank, which I had to look up because I was like, what is a gangplank? That sounds— That's like a boat term, like a ship term, like a pirate term. A gangplank, for those of you who don't know, maybe everyone does, but I do not know, is the the part of the boat where you dock everyone. I think it's pretty descriptive because they're boarding the spaceship from the planet. Gangplank— Okay, this story is not very clear about a lot of things, but I thought Gangplank was pretty clear. Excuse me. <laughs> you knew what a Gangplank was? I don't know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pirate movies because they're always throwing down the Gangplank and storming into a thing. Okay, they say pirate so-and-so grab the Gangplank and throw it down the woodsy bobsies. I guess I read a lot of books. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, you just said you've seen a lot of pirate movies, and then you said— But it's probably true that I haven't. (laughs) Okay, so don't be— I thought that was the easiest way to get through this. I thought you were going to accept it, but you didn't accept it. You were being so showy-offy. Well, you you want me to say I read a bunch of novels? That's worse. No, I want you to say that you actually haven't read a lot of pirate books because I don't (laughs) think you have. (laughs) Well, you're making me defend why I know Gangplank, and I, I don't know why I know. Okay, well, listen, I'm sorry that I didn't know what Gangplank was. Uh, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to the story. So okay. they're loading this ship, a.k.a. a spaceship. Yeah. They're loading it with animals. First, I was like, is this like a Noah's Ark yeah. tale? <laughs> yeah. And then that's not what's happening. They're going onto the spaceship to go travel to another planet, and they have, like, limited amount of food on it for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then along walks Mr. Peterson with his whoop. Yeah. With his whoop on a leash. Whoop. W-U-B. This is um, maybe an offensive term. I'm going to read it as written. It says, I got it from a native for 50 cents. He said it's a very unusual animal, very respected. And then this person called Franco, who I think Captain is Captain Franco. His, yeah, Captain Franco. Captain Franco says this. <laughs> Franco poked the great sloping side of the wub, and he said, it's a pig, a huge, dirty pig. 
And then we learn it's a 400-pound pig. It's pretty large. That's a big boy. <laughs> they bring it on board. Yeah. I think it's really Captain Franco that seems to kick off, like, let's get a look at it. Let's call in the chef. Exactly. Because they have, like, a limited amount of food yeah. or resources to go to whatever next planet they're going to. So he sees this whoop slash, he calls it a pig, opportunity as more food. 400 pounds of food. Mm-hmm. 400 pounds of protein. Mm-hmm. To feed his crew mm-hmm. on their long journey. So he calls on the chef. And the chef is like, I think we could eat that. Yep. <laughs> well, you just call me back when you come to some sort of conclusion about what you want to do with it. Then all of a sudden, there's a voice in the room. And it says, really, Captain, <laughs> I suggest we talk of other matters. <laughs> it was the wub. It was the wub. It was the wub. The 400-pound pig speaks. La creature. <laughs> La speaks. And <laughs> Captain Franco is like... He stays pretty calm about it, honestly. He He's stays like, pretty calm. He calls the, the wub into his office. He's like, oh, you want to have a conversation? <laughs> Let's come into my office. We don't need everyone watching. He calls a meeting. <laughs> he fully calls a meeting. Listen, wub, you come into my office. We'll hash some shit out first That's before so we eat you. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a conversation about yeah. the crew eating the wub. <laughs> yeah. The wub wub. And we learn the Wub self-describes as a creature of relaxation. (laughs) Relaxation is the ultimate form of a life well lived. Yeah. He describes himself as tolerant, eclectic, Catholic. We live and let live. (laughs) I'd like to tell you now, Catholic as an adjective means universal, relating to all men, all-inclusive, comprehensive in interests, tastes, broad-minded liberal. Yes. Eventually the captain says like, hey, why is it that I can understand you? What, like, how do you speak English? Have you met many earthmen? Yeah. And the pig is like, am I speaking English? (laughs) Because he's a telepathic pig. Yeah. Well, he's not a pig. He's a wub. (laughs) So the wub starts making friends. (laughs) This is a a learned creature. Mm -hmm. It likes to talk about philosophy and like art. Mm -hmm. It is wise and it is expressive and it is wanting to build relationships with the crew members. (laughs) Captain Franco has other plans in mind. Has other plans. He's thinking, yum, 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 yummy in my tummy. (laughs) Wub says, you spoke of dining on me. The taste, I am told, is good. (laughs) A little fatty, but tender. But how can any lasting contact be established between your people and mine if you resort to such barbaric attitudes? Yep. Eat me? (laughs) Rather, you should discuss questions with me. Eat me? The pig is making an argument, right? He's out here rallying his case, rallying the troops, trying to get people on his side pretty effectively, I'd say. The wub is a sentient being, and the crew basically starts to fall in love with them. They're going to protest, yeah. They do it kind of, like, quietly. It's not, like, Mm -hmm. in the face of the captain. They're, like, slowly, one by one, kind Mm -hmm. of exit stage left. I should mention that the pig did freeze him. Oh, that's right. Like, he has powers beyond telepathy. And he, like, took over his faculties. Yeah. In addition to his just, like— general hunger for bacon now he has a bit of a vendetta yeah because the the pig is like maybe crossed a bit of a line in self-protection and yeah. self-protection i will say okay but is it fair to call it a pig what should i call it a wub a wub 
I'm so sorry, Troy's saying I'm disrespecting the wub. Her face. <laughs> we don't know that it's a pig. You're right. No, I'm sorry. Martian pig. <laughs> Just kidding. The wub, the wub, the wub. So Franco gets a gun and he pulls the trigger. Oh. Yeah. And then the next sentence starts with The taste was excellent. Mm-mm. I know. And then everyone's glum. None of them will eat it. And they keep excusing themselves from dinner. Yeah. Before the trigger had been pulled, the wub was speaking to the crew about like myth and Homer's The Odyssey. Flash forward, the captain just finished his meal. Peterson's like sitting queasy beside him. Yeah. And the captain says, as I was saying before I got interrupted, Odysseus in the myths. And it's like, Dun, dun, dun. Because we realize Captain Franco's the wub now. (laughs) Who's the captain now? (laughs) That's the saying. I'm the captain now. I don't know, but I I enjoyed watching your face say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the wub lives on. You can't kill the wub. The wub is forever. All I kept thinking of was Star Trek. Oh. I thought about the data yeah. narrative where they talk about him being a sentient being or not. Remember? Like his whole goal is to, like, am I human? Like, this is his whole quest. Captain Picard, like, literally, like, fights for his human rights. Mm-hmm. His sentient mm-hmm. being rights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think it's important to talk about these ethical dilemmas? That's what the story, What that's what it is. Yeah, moralistic. <laughs> it was about, like, ethical dilemmas. How do we approach them? What do they say about our humanity that's like a basic tenet of all sci-fi yes it gives some hints of colonization like as if they're going to these planets and just taking what they want like taking their resources totally a lot of ethical dilemmas presented okay but can i ask you you are a carnivore i am did you have a feeling about that i have some thoughts which are that this reminded me of the netflix film okja which I think is also a pig-shaped creature. Totally. I have not seen it, and I won't see it because I would like to continue to eat pork product, and I feel <laughs> as if I see this film, I will not be able to continue in my path. Yeah. I used to not eat anything that had, like, a nervous system. Mm-hmm. That was what made me comfortable. Like, if it couldn't feel any pain, mm-hmm. I was okay if it was, like, an animal product to eat it. I mean, I you know, I talk about the octopus teacher every day. Anytime you watch a documentary about a smart animal, it becomes difficult to eat that animal in future. Yeah. This is meant to make you think about what kind of animals do we eat? Do we eat intelligent animals? There's a reason it's always a pig in these films and pieces of art (laughs) because we know enough to know that they're really smart. I mean, you started the the conversation by saying, like, you don't want to stop eating meat, so you don't want to think about it too much. I said, I said, anytime I watch a documentary— about eating an intelligent animal. <laughs> I feel conflicted about eating that animal moving forward. <laughs> that is my opinion on this matter. That is all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows, any thinking person knows that vegetarians and vegans have the moral high ground. So I'm not, I don't have any interest in discussing this matter. Like, there's no, um, I don't find a lot of nuance or interest in this conversation. It's like obvious. It's like if this was an ethics class, like, there's an answer. There's an answer in ethics and vegetarianism has it 
easy answer. But that's specific to each person, though. I don't think so. No, I do think so. I think different cultures have different understanding of life cycles and stuff. Like- Fine, as an American, as a modern American, <laughs> there's an easy answer. I don't find it that interesting. I don't find it challenging. Well, to me, it sounds like you do find it challenging. <laughs> you said you don't want to recognize the reality of things so that you don't want to not find something like that appetizing. Yeah, exactly as I said. That's how I opened. <laughs> like, you're just repeating back what I've already stated very clearly. We're going nowhere. This story is getting us nowhere. This is, this is, this is, this is what the people want. They're having the same feelings. <laughs> Major shout out to anyone who's ever known me my whole life, who's had to deal with my dietary beliefs and have been so gracious about it because it's not so easy to do all the time. <laughs> so I understand I'm in the minority. The ethically correct minority. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. It's just true. We all know we shouldn't be eating the octopus. We shouldn't be eating the pig. We all know. Uh, totally. <laughs> I'd like to get into helping us understand how we got here and why why that was. Okay. Yeah? Okay, sure. Her eyebrows raised. She's she's interested. Your listener, I got her on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so drop some knowledge. Okay, okay, okay. This is his first ever published genre story. Very, very first. First ever published genre story. So maybe he published something before, but in terms of like a sci-fi like sci-fi, genre, yeah. this is it. This is his first. All right. And I like to choose things like that for us. Like I always put us in this position where we're like talking shit about well-known, well-loved authors. Yeah. And then you get to see like what they've done in the future, like their evolution. I oh, I think, think it's, it's interesting. super interesting. Yeah. And I think it's good for artists and yeah. anyone who does creative process to just be like, I agree. There's a ton of holes in this. It's, yeah. there's so many problems with it, but like it's the start of something. And yeah, 44 novels later, 121 short stories later, like he worked it out. I don't know anything about his personal shit, and I know you're going to drop some bombs, and I, it's like— It's very upsetting. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Here we go. Oh, god damn. Yeah, here we go. But it, I think he was in a mental health crisis. I'm so afraid. Uh, he was physically abusive to his third wife, the third of five. He attempted to push her off a cliff in a car, later claiming that she was trying to kill him, and then— he had her committed involuntarily. Okay, see, this sounds like... (laughs) And then after he divorced her and left her in the mental asylum, I'm assuming, he married a fan. All right, well, so dude had some issues. It gets worse. There's one more worse sentence. Do you want to hear it? We have to call it out, right? Okay, last sentence. Shortly after he hitched up with the fan, he attempted warning, trigger warning, suicide by driving off the road while she was the passenger. So I think Ooh. this, I mean, this all sounds like real mental health crisis. That's hard to hear. Really tough. I i don't know if I even want to say this, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> like we talk about all of these fucked up scenarios, like, or life choices of all these past authors that we've read mm-hmm. and, um, or like old authors, I, I guess I should say, but I find myself having so much compassion for them because- mm-hmm. You know, they're living through these generations where people just didn't have access to mental health resources, Mm -hmm. you know, and they just had to live in constant struggle all the time. And like PKD is, you know, no exception. Mm -hmm. Like, and just personally having people near and dear to me that I love so much who have legit debilitating 
mental health stuff going on Mm -hmm. and without like any sort of like medical intervention would not live. Yeah. Would not live a normal, like full life. Yeah. Like all of those generations of people that were just stuck in, you know, their life that couldn't do anything about it. The historical context matters, right? It's just sad. It makes me really sad and then also really grateful. Like for their art. For their art. <laughs> and then also like for where we are now, I feel like I was already raised in a really like constrained, socialized world. And I can't even imagine. I cannot even fathom what that would have been like mm-hmm. in the fucking 80s even. Mm-hmm. Like even like something that's really- Relatively like, recent. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying PKD. It's not a defense. It's just an acknowledgement of historical context, which I think is appropriate. Meek. 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 Okay, Jory, what would you like to rate <laughs> Beyond Lies the Wub? Also a tough title. In terms of pig philosophers. Oh. How many pig philosophers out of five would you give Beyond Lies the Wub? Um, I'm going to give it a two out of five. Same, 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 same. same. <gasps> really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, it was what it was. <laughs> That was a pause and a half. (laughs) I did not not enjoy it. I'm not saying it wasn't like worth reading it, but like it was. Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Two out of five. Two out of five. I agree. I agree. I think there's promise in this young author. Um, I think he's going to go on to do great things in his professional life. Art of the short, art of the short. 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 short. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here I go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I am. (gasps) What? Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what am I looking at? (laughs) No, honestly, like, what am I looking at? Okay, (laughs) it looks like a 6th century water jug. ancient Greek urn. By the way, it's beautiful. It looks very glossy. I think it's painted. Is this painted? I don't know what it is yet. You'll tell me. You'll tell me. Just let me finish. Okay. Bethany, don't talk. Don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's like terracotta looking and it has like a bowl or some sort of wub, perhaps, on one side. It's a wub, baby. Is it a wub? Okay. Of course. And then on the other side, it has a rocket shooting into space, but it's painted like you would see like an archaeological dig of like an ancient artifact. <laughs> Did you paint this though? Like legit paint? It's the marker set mom got me. Holy shit though, Bethany. It looks like really shiny and real. I wanted it to be really like saturated, pure color. Dude, I love it. I was like, oh, I want to do like a kind of hieroglyphic sort of expression of the story. Look at this. And then I was like, we're going to do a spaceship and we're going to do a boar. And we're going to do it on, like, a Greek urn. Oh, my urn. God. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's interesting that the Wub was relating to Odysseus, who's the hero of Homer's The Odyssey. And that story, The Odyssey, is, like, about, like, a decades-long journey 
through different civilizations, different times. And yeah. that's what the Wub is also doing, like traveling through time and space and yeah. learning about different cultures. And I thought that was the most inspiring, coolest part of this story. And so I was excited to make some Greek art. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I'm going to look at your art. Are you ready? I am ready. Oh, I fucking knew it was Daisy. <laughs> Didn't I say I could tell in your face? I knew right away. <laughs> oh, my God, so, you guys. I describe. I describe. Okay, you describe. We have. <laughs> you just shut me up. You said she lifted her finger and was like, I describe. No, this is I my describe. time. Um, we have a beautiful portrait of Daisy the dog. Canvas and acrylics. Canvas and acrylics. Um, a, a, a beloved member of Jory's family. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Daisy's a, like a little white terrier. She's a terrier. She's a terrier. She's a Yorkshire, uh, and it has like a yellowy <laughs> green background, and then it's in this like elaborate, thicker than the piece, yeah, <laughs> frame, gold frame. Oh, absolutely. And yes. then there's a little bit of white text that says in cursive, "This is not a dog." Period. I think this might be the first like painting that I've submitted and has her little crooked smile and her sweet little eyes this is not a new daisy portrait but the surroundings are new i painted that like mm, i don't know a few years ago probably okay i'm not gonna surprise you (laughs) pigs like dogs are intelligent and experience joy and loneliness and fear and pain and anxiety so i was thinking of daisy the whole time and anyone who's a dog lover who has spent some of their life with a dog who gets lucky enough to have a life partner as a dog will know what I'm talking about. And Bethany's laughing because she does not know what a love of a dog is like. And I've been telling her for a year. <laughs> the way you said life partner was so sweet. Hey, well, it's true. No, I respect and honor the relationship. Lovely listeners. <laughs> I've been telling Bethany for years that she is a dog person and she just doesn't know it. Because she was raised with cats, and she's like, no, I will not get a dog. I actually, like, truly, honestly think that, like, you of all people that I know would, like, benefit from having a dog. Jory is an evangelist. I Listen, I am. The church of dog. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> these whoops, these pig-like creatures are sentient. They, they experience all these things similar to a dog. But we do not eat dogs no, in America we don't. because we respect them and we love them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too preachy <laughs> because I respect other people's perspectives, just like I would like them to respect mine. <laughs> but I'm listening. All I'm saying is that, like, I think we could show some more respect for the food that nourishes us. Of course. That's <laughs> why I have a face because no one in their right mind would disagree. Like, I don't want factory farming. I don't want to be a part of it. I think it's despicable. Yeah. Like, of course. Okay, but I'm not trying to be, like, holier than thou at all. That's why I had to preface it by saying, like, I respect everyone's perspective on how they choose no, to live. No, that's fine. I'm just saying that the only res- the only reasonable response is to agree and call out how gross it is and, like, wish that it was better. Totally. Any vegan or vegetarian is going to end <laughs> this episode with a call to action. And you had to do it. your job. All right. Here we are. I agree. It's what must be done. Okay. <laughs> I do. I do agree. Oh, thanks, PKD. <laughs> On the next episode of Art of the Short, we'll be reading When the Lights Came Up by David Drury. 
As always, a free link to this short story is in our show notes for you. We want to see your art and hear your thoughts on these short stories. So please join the conversation and send us your art and go to artoftheshort.com to find out how and follow the installation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Art of the Short. And what do you think of Pink ID? about everyone having to draw a pig now. Well, it's a whoop again. Oh, so it's a whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Bethers, Donners, Peters. Jory, Daisy, I love you. Love you too. Farewell. For now. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Okay. Love you. Bye. You heard me. Exactly. But that's the point of the stories. We have to talk about what the the dilemmas are. I don't have anything to say. You talk about it. Except for that you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to stop eating No, I don't want to not talk about it. I just don't like to think too much about eating (laughs) okja. It's the same thing. It's not. Okay, okja is the representation of a pig, pork, pork in American society that you eat. You eat it. You eat it in hamburgers. You eat it. I'm not confused. No, that's beef. You eat it in (laughs) pork. Clearly, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> you eat your hamburgers, you eat your veggie burgers, you eat your pork burgers, you eat your beef burgers. <laughs>